Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. giving you a second to maybe get your Bibles, get uh, get together there. Maybe you want to invite somebody in the household. Maybe you're there and you want to just get them to come and sit down with you and watch this for just a moment. Um, and I also encourage you, if you would, please share this. If you're watching online with us, um, would you please uh, hit the share button? Um, it is a great way to promote the gospel. Um, and so tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, pressing on until the end. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, just even a question, are you in it for the long haul? And I know that it's God that perseveres in us, um, that he is in us um, working to will and to do of his good pleasure. I know it's God working in us. I, I know that. But the question still remains, is God working in you to persevere to the end? Is that God's work going on within you? And uh, how do you get a hold of yourself in times like we're living in? So in, in John, I mean Luke chapter 21, let me read verse 19 for, to you for just a moment, and then we'll just dive into a little bit of context, um, give a few thoughts. So in Luke 21, verse 19, he says, By your patience, possess your souls. By your patience, possess your souls. You know, in, in this uh, chapter, Christ is talking to the disciples. And he is talking about the imminent destruction of the, the temple in Jerusalem, um, basically the collapse, that would the future collapse of the, um, the whole, uh, really the religious, uh, uh, the whole religious idea of uh, the way the Jews were given sacrifices and the, the temple and the whole way that they were going about their religious uh, duties. Um, Rome and how they would um, be an influence in the taking down of uh, trying to take down Christianity, not taking it down, but trying to take down Christianity and how all this stuff would play out and even the things that would take place in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, um, what he foretold them in this particular chapter, these things would actually come to pass. And we'll look at some of those in just a moment. But what I want to do is I want to take that verse and I want to break that verse apart with a couple of words and get the whole idea there. We're going to look back at James chapter one in just a moment, and then we're we're going to try. I'm going to try to tie together a thought here um, because last week I talked out of James chapter one about the fact that your faith, when it is tried, it produces patience. And this is actually the same word, and it means endurance. Um, so when we look at that verse, it says, "By your patience or your endurance, you are to possess your soul." So we take that word patience once again, and know that it means endurance. Uh, then we look at the fact that we are to possess our souls. That word possess means to acquire, to get, 
to purchase a thing for oneself. Uh, it can even mean to marry a wife. So in other words, it is to gra- get a hold of uh, and to acquire for oneself, like even purchasing something for oneself. Uh, and then he says that we are to possess our souls. And our souls, uh, that word is translated, the word that we have in the, the Greek there for, for souls is translated 58 times as souls in the New Testament, 40 times as life, three times as mind, and one time as heart. We think about our souls and we immediately start going, is this my mind, my heart, my, my, my soul, my, what is this? Uh, it is that inmost part of you, that part that uh, differs from the body, it can't be dissolved by death. We always talk about that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so we talk about the fact that when we place a uh, body back to dust where it came from, from dust, um, that it, our soul now is in the care of the Lord. So that part of us that's in here that is eternal, that uh, it is the seat of our emotions, our thoughts, um, you know, it is that part of us that we are to, by endurance or by patience, we are to possess or we are to get a hold of, uh, we are to purchase a thing for oneself, we are to latch on to our very souls by patience. Now I'm going to read a few things to you that Jesus was telling his disciples. And these words Christ, um, they talk about the fact that, uh, you know, that the as my, that the things which you see, the days will come in which, this is verse 6, in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. This is talking about the uh, the temple there in Jerusalem. And, and so they ask him, this is verse 7, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what signs will there be when these things are about to take place? That's a great question, is it not? I know you and I uh, sit now and we hear over the course of the years uh, uh, prior and even today. Uh, matter of fact, I think it was last week I heard somebody else has predicted the, the, the end, when it's all going to end. One thing I know for sure is whatever date that person predicted, it will not be that day because uh, we know that the Lord uh, is not going to uncover that day, what that when that day will be. Um, so God's got that covered, and but it's a great question. It's like, when is this going to happen? You know, I mean, because we see all the things going on around us, and we, we think about the scriptures, and these are the scriptures that we would, we would even think about sometimes, like the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence. We think about all these things, disease and famine, and, and all the terrors that are to come at the end times. And we think about how devastating that could be and that we don't want to suffer ourselves. And I, I just go ahead and tell you, you know, as Christians in America, even just anybody, maybe you're watching and you're not even a Christian, but yet you go, man, you know what? It's kind of scary. I, I hear about this, you know, this Delta variant. I hear about that there's other variants to come. And we don't know if they'll have a vaccine to cover that. We don't know if they're going to have medication. They don't know how to treat it. Um, it could be more devastating. And when you hear all these things, and then you hear about the the things going on in Afghanistan. You think about, you know, the fact that there are Americans over there. Their lives are in danger. I mean, we, we know that other people's lives are in danger. And we need to be thinking about them also. But we think of our own people, our own American folks, their, their lives are in danger. Then we think about the family of God. There are Christians there, brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan. They're being murdered because of the fact that they're Christians, and not just a couple of them. There are countless people being 
murdered because uh, of their Christian faith. And so we think about all those things, and it starts to build upon us. You know, uh, there are people that have distrust in this branch of the government and that branch of the government, and even some of the ones that uh, have been put in recently, some of their people that put them in there, there, there seems to be that there's a distrust coming uh, there, and we just don't know what to do. It seems to be, God, when are you coming back? When are these things going to take place? What's it going to look like? We hear words like antichrist, and we hear all these other words about, you know, mark of the beast, and, and these words are being thrown around left and right. I just want to come to you tonight, and I want to give you, I don't want to say a recipe, but I want to give you maybe at least a, a thought uh, of what you and I need to do in the midst of all of the, these things. Listen to what he says, verse, verse 7. So, the, so they ask him, talking about the disciples asking Jesus, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what signs will there be when they, these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Now, think about this. He is talking to the disciples. I mean, he's talking, their apostles are there. He is talking to them. And it's almost like, you know, it's a chance that some of the ones that will struggle the most with this are the ones within the church body, the ones that are looking the most. And we know he's talking ultimately about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. But don't miss this. Uh, this is not... Um, just about the, the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. We'll get that in, in just a minute, but, but let's, let's go ahead. He said, Take heed, that, verse 8, that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time uh, has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And uh, there will be uh, great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from the heaven. Did you catch that? Now, when he's talking about what's going on in their time, nation rising against nation, uh, talking about even the Jerusalem, uh, the Jews themselves coming against each other, one tribe against another. Uh, listen, and it says, and there will be great earthquakes. Uh, don't miss the fact that... Kingdom rising against kingdom, kingdom rising against kingdom, great earthquakes, various places, famine, pestilence, and there will be fearful sights, verse 11, and great signs from heaven. Did you hear that? Fearful sights. We're not the first people on this planet to have things that have been uh, brought before us in this world that we are we feel so is so out of control what can we do the panic is ensued i mean the i I put it this way i have a cautious concern i am not afraid um and for christians i I want you to hear this before i get any further in there you don't necessarily just because you are concerned about things it doesn't mean that you're necessarily afraid I, i hope and pray that that you are not scared to die. Uh, you might not want to die right now at this particular time. You might want to spend more time with your family, and I, we could talk about that another time, but hear my heart that that it's okay to have cautious concern. I mean, we're doing what we're doing this Wednesday night, not because we're afraid. We've heard of outbreaks in some churches in the local areas, uh, not to mention uh, some things, that uh, potential outbreaks even within school already in certain places. 
and we care about the health. We're just concerned, and we're being cautious. That does not mean that we're afraid. Uh, and I want you to, I want you to get that. I want that to sink in good because there are things that will cause us to be concerned. Uh, we have never lived in a time in our lives when our government has abandoned people like we have seen them abandon people over these years. I mean, it's just honest. And and most recently. We have never seen something like that happen. We have never seen the height of abortion like we see it now. We wonder what's going to go on. We have never seen divorce at the rate it's at right now. I mean, there are so many things. Are our kids going to be able to go to school? Will they graduate college? How will they get a job? And we can go on and on and on and on. And don't you know that the enemy knows this? The enemy knows that you and I are being torn from one side and the other. As a matter of fact, he could very well be behind the majority of it. That there's not just a devil sitting on this side and, 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 a, and an angel, good angel sitting on this side. It's almost as if the devil's whispering in both ears. We don't know which way to go. We don't know who to trust. And, and that's why I'm coming to you tonight. That you have to go with the integrity of the only one that we can trust. And so as we look in this, listen to what he says. This is a, a fearful, these are fearful sights, great signs from heaven. Verse 12 but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Now listen to that, my brothers and sisters. Did you hear that? Jesus is telling them, hey, guess what? Hey, calm down. There's going to be fearful things all around you. And on top of that, you're going to be dragged in for persecution. Uh, they're going to, you know, have false witnesses against you. Uh, you're going to be drugged before uh, people for my name's sake. In other words, because you're a Christian, you're going. They're going to. He's telling his disciples that you're going to be brought before them. But hey, once again, almost like in James, and we'll look back at that again. Count it all joy. I mean, sometimes you want to just go. Are you kidding me? How in the world, uh, because we don't know what this is like. We don't understand this. In America, you and I, and I'm just as spoiled as anybody else, folks. But it's coming a time when you and I are going to have to get out of our sissy britches, if you want to just go ahead and put it that way. We're going to have to get out of uh, out of our little uh, glass house, our little... Uh, inoculation bubble. I mean, we're going to have to get outside of that and realize that God has not called us to fear. He has called us to victory. But the victory is our testimony for his namesake. And so listen to what he says. But it will turn out for you an occasion, verse 13, for testimony. In other words, we always want to have a little testimony service. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, in the comfort and the safety of the precious little church house. We sit there and we sing our songs, and it's all great. Sister so-and-so shares a testimony. Brother so-and-so shares a testimony. But there are many people within the church house that they're fearful. It's kind of like, oh, well, gosh, I don't want to say nothing because people might turn around and look at me if I say anything, and it might embarrass me. Folks, come on, man. Are you kidding me? What about when you're dragged before the rulers, when you're imprisoned for the sake of Christ? And if you don't think those things can happen, look around, my brothers and sisters. 
This is actually what Christ wants us to be about. He wants us to be about the gospel, and the gospel is offensive. Listen to a few more verses. Therefore, settle it in your hearts. Did you hear that? Now, this is the admonishment to the disciples of that day, but don't you dare think that this is not the admonishment that Christ gives to us. He said, settle it in your hearts. <laughs> Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. <coughs> Excuse me. I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict and resist. Now, my brothers and sisters, listen. He says in verse 16, You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Now, I'm not trying to come on tonight with some gloom and doom. I really am not. What I'm trying to come on and tell you is, uh, and, and, and the first one thing, and I'm, this is not tooting my horn. This horn, this is, this is all the glory to God. If there is one thing that we try to stay consistent with here at Chestnut Ridge, it is the gospel, the word of God. We are not here to sugarcoat things. We are not here to, to entertain you. We are not here to entertain your children. You know, there are plenty of places out there that will entertain you. There are plenty of places out there that will give you motivational speeches so you can feel good about yourself and go on about your day, go on about your week. But that's not what we're here for. We are here about the gospel. The gospel says that you and I, or in our flesh, we are wretched and miserable. But this great God and King came to this earth to die on our behalf on Calvary's cross. He has redeemed us. We now, even though we cannot repay him because we never could pay the debt to begin with, it's not like, oh gosh, I didn't make that payment on my eternal soul. Let me catch you up and write you a check. You can't do that. But listen, my brothers and sisters, we owe I everything to him. That Because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's cross, you and I are now free. And he says that our freedom was paid at a great price and that you and I will eternally spend, spend our time with him in heaven because of what Christ did on the cross. And don't miss it, but this is not heaven this is the battlefield. This is the place that he left us so that we might proclaim the glory of God until we see him. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that as we look at the text, he told his disciples, I mean, goodness gracious, he did not even spare his own son the chastisement. What makes you think he's going to spare us when he promises us? Listen to what he says. And you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers Relatives and friends, if anybody that is watching this has ever stepped out for the gospel of Jesus Christ to stand on what saith the Lord, you know good and well that there are plenty of people out there that will not agree with you and will not go with you. And they will put some of you to death. That's happening right now because of people's Christianity, folks. I mean, it tears my heart up. And I, I want to just put this in there to all you 
Americans, all you that uh, it, it breaks your heart to see what was what's been going on in Afghanistan. There, there are soldiers that have been over there, and they're back here, and they watch, and I guarantee you that their tears fill their pillows at night when they think about the fact that they could go over there and help them because they had done it before. See, that is that comes from the heart of free people that know what freedom truly is about. And I'm telling you right now, the reason you feel that way is because you understand what it's right to respect the Imago Day, the fact that we were created in the image of Almighty God. And that's why our country, although sometimes I think we maybe, it's, that's just an opinion as to the fact that we maybe we stuck our nose in people's business a little too much. Maybe so. But the humanitarian effort to keep people from suffering in this world that the United States of America has done for the glory of God is being trampled upon right now. And that's why it hurts you so much, because you would get on an airplane, many of you would get on an airplane and go over there to try to rescue. I mean, dear Lord, we have sent hundreds of troops to die just to get one reporter. Just one. And that is because of the fact that even if we're not, even if somebody's not a Christian, the the principle of the fact that we are created in the image of Almighty God has been driven into the very fabric of this country and then we come into spiritual things we come into the spiritual life and we go if you don't receive the gospel you'll spend eternity separated from God and he says that the gospel our presentation of the gospel is going to bring us into persecution I mean, those people that are over there that are dying, they went over there because of the fact that they were concerned about the very souls of men and women, boys and girls that didn't look like them, didn't talk like them, didn't act like them. So I want you to just understand, get the full grasp of the fact that he's telling them things in this context of the scriptures that he also wants us to take and to use. And listen, he said, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives, friends, and they will put some of you to death and you will be hated by all. Listen to what he says, for my name's sake. You're going to be hated by all for my name. Those that do not care about the things of God, that's what he's talking about to all. People that love the things of God are not going to hate you because you are out there loving the things of God. And then he says, but not a hair on your head shall be lost. In other words, I think what he's really conveying there seems to be that until God is done with you, you can't be harmed. And that is a sentiment that needs to be carried into the hearts of believers right now, if at no other time. There is not, if you are in the will of God, and please hear my hearts, my brothers and sisters. I'm not getting into this debate whether vaccination or not, vaccination or not. But let me tell you something. With everybody whispering in this ear saying don't get it, and everybody whispering in that ear to get it, and you just feel this pressure coming on, if you feel a peace from God that you should get it, because I, I want you to hear a scenario that a lot of people don't talk about. What if they do market to where you cannot fly in an airplane without or, or travel by boat or whatever without the vaccination. 
What is a missionary that is called to go to that country to do at that point? And let me tell you something. Just like the Roman soldiers could not take the life of the Apostle Paul until God was done with him, and just like by shipwreck or any other catastrophe, storm, hurricane, whatever he came in, into contact with, could not take his life until he made his final appointment. What he's trying to tell us is that you and I need to secure with long-suffering our souls to know that we are in the will of God. And that's what you need to find out. Are you in the will of God? Because if you're in the will of God, press on, my brothers and sisters, because plane nor train nor automobile nor vaccine nor coronavirus, nothing can take you out. Not a hair of your head will be harmed until God's done with you. So if you've felt the peace of God to take it, then God's got you covered. If you've felt the peace of God to not take it, God has got to have you covered until God's done with you. What you best be worried about is what's going on between now and the time that you see him. That you're ready to give an answer for all that you have believed in. And that you're persuaded that he is able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. This is what he says. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possess your souls. Now for time's sake, I'm going to kind of bring some things around because I don't want to go too, too terribly far because I just can't get into so much. But listen. Uh, well, as I will read some more verses, but I just want, I want to elaborate on them so much. But I want you to just listen to these verses. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing baby in the, babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress and nation, of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Listen, men's hearts falling, excuse me, failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are uh, coming on the earth. For the power of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power, with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, listen to what he says. He says, "Look up and lift up your heads, because your salvation or your redemption draws or draweth nigh or draws near." Do you hear that? In other words, even though these perilous times may come, like I say again. I know, I realize that this is, an, this is an immediate reference in our text to the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. But it is an ultimate reference, without a doubt, 
till the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to what he says again. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption or your salvation draweth nigh. You get that? So in the meantime, my brothers and sisters, listen to what it says in James. I want, I want to go over here to James for just a moment. And, and I, I want you to listen to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 once again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. You get that? And our faith, remember what we talked about? Our faith is not our ability to muster up some uh, confidence in God just off of our ability to muster it up inside of us. No, 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 no. Our faith is what we believe about God. You've got to know something about God to believe it about him. We get our faith from, our faith increases as we gain knowledge. That's why Paul kept pushing. You need to gain knowledge about him. I, I look forward to the fact that you're going to gain knowledge about Christ. And he just kept pushing knowledge in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I mean, and we just keep going on and on. It's about the gaining the knowledge. Why? Because when we gain knowledge about God, we walk with God, and we see that be true about God, then our faith, our, our, our belief is, is grown because we have more to believe in him and about him. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And if there's anything we can use right now in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's some selfless endurance because we are realizing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And our patience brings glory and honor to God through our testimony. There are folks out there that are so about themselves. And I want you to hear my heart when I say this. You, you may be in a relationship, maybe your marriage, you think it's falling apart. And, and the worst thing that's happened to you is because somebody said something across to you or didn't talk to you or we could come up with all these other things. I know there are a lot of other things that happen in marriage and there are a lot of other things that happen in relationships. Some of you won't go to church because somebody said something to you and it hurt your feelings. Well, God bless your little heart. You realize that Jesus Christ was whipped, beaten, scorned. He was ridiculed. He was spat upon. His beard pulled out of his very face, crown of thorns on his head, just as I said last week, and nailed to the cross and you were written on the palms of his hands. Every sin that you'd ever commit, written there on the palm of his hands, you're engraved in his very, the very nail prints of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a child of God today, that is true about you. And we worry about all these little insignificant things, knowing good and well that God's not... Uh, I don't know if God's too impressed with our pity parties. I don't mean to get down on you too hard tonight. I just want to encourage you. Uh, folks, it's time to grow up. It really is. It is time to grow up. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for you to be a part of the church. It's time for you to get connected and to be a part of the living organism called the church. Not a stack of bricks, not a, not a, 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 a stick and, and, and sheetrock building, not, not something with a steeple on top of it. I'm talking about the body of Christ that lives and breathes and it grows by what every joint supplies. You're a part of that. If you're a child of God and if you're not saved tonight, I pray that the Lord is pricking your heart that's your need for salvation tonight. Let me go back to my text, Luke chapter 21, verse 19. He says, by your patience, by your endurance, possess 
your souls. So we wonder what to do uh, in the situation where we seem like our souls are so fearful and we're so uh, stretched and, and everything seems to be just so out of sorts. My encouragement to you tonight is this. My encouragement to you is that you do what verse 19 says, that the trying of various trials in your life is going to test your faith. You need to dig into the Word of God. You need to learn more about God. And you need to let that produce patience. And then patience will possess your very soul. Do you get that? Those things will calm your hearts and your minds. Those things will, will settle your very soul. And you will be able to have a uh, a focus so that you can serve the Lord in the times that we're living in. Well, folks, that's all I have for tonight. I, I want to encourage you, though, to continue to pray for your church family. Continue to pray for those that uh, that are struggling with what to do in this time uh, with their uh, occupations, with uh, a lot of decisions that are being made. There are folks that are sick. There are a lot of folks that um, are caring for sick folks. Um, so much is going on. And we as the church need to possess our very souls with patience. And we need to press forward knowing that this is not about us, but we are pushing forward because we need to share the gospel with this world before he comes. And I'm telling you, folks, don't it look like it ain't going to be long before he gets here. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us, and so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.